Next on BYU Sports Nation, Jimmer Fredette about to begin Chapter 2 of his NBA career. Goodbye, Sacramento, and hello, well, you tell us. The state of BYU Athletics with Athletic Director Tom Homo. A new approach to the honor code, the latest on a rumored basketball practice facility, and alternate football uniforms. Plus, BYU's Daniel Sorensen wows the NFL Combine. Not the fastest in the 40-yard dash, but in just about everything else. Why NFL scouts called it crazy good. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Wednesday, February 26th, what is up? I'm Spencer Linton alongside one-time cross-country standout and all-around great Jerem Jordan. Took 55th and 5A my junior year. Wherever and however you may be listening, great to have you with us. You know it's a big show and we start with a big breakfast. The breakfast, Cinnamon Life. You know it. At two bowls this morning, I'm feeling good. We're off to a great start. Ben Bagley, he brought the milk, he brought the cereal, we're ready to go. Kind of surprised us this morning. We are roaring right now. <laughs> At Paul Ryan on Twitter early. Easily my favorite cold cereal. Hashtag cinnamon life. Not to be outdone. At Good Times Glow. Best cereal ever. It's the number one seed in March Madness of cereals. I have to agree. <laughs> Really? You... Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the number one overall seed. That That is the... the greatest cereal ever. Okay. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is really good. It is. No, it's, no, no. It's like it's candy. It's the best. It's like candy. Yes. That was When I was little, I was like, oh my gosh, Christmas morning, we're eating Cinnamon Toast what Crunch. What are the other so number awesome. one seeds? If you got Cinnamon Life and Cinnamon Toast Crunch, what are the other number one seeds in cereal? I don't know. I'm just looking for a sponsorship from Cinnamon Toast Crunch on this show. <laughs> Stat of the day brought to you by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Shameless plug for sponsors. Show starters, Jimmer Fredette finalizing a deal to have his contract bought out by the Sacramento Kings. He'll become a free agent on Friday, we assume. If they finish today. And and, and we're, we expect that to happen. And then go to his top NBA suitor. Hey, did you hear about Daniel Sorensen on the football beat? Standout safety and special team star at BYU. Graduated. Now impressing scouts at the NFL Combine. His performance described as wow and crazy. Daniel Sorensen is going to get paid. That's what the Combine can do for guys that are under the radar. BYU and a rumored basketball practice facility. Jaron, this is something that uh, people have been talking about for a very long time. One of many topics addressed with Athletic Director Tom Homo in a media roundtable yesterday. He said it's a work in progress. We'll have more to come on that in the opening segment. But the, the Cougars basketball program could certainly, as Tom Homo said, benefit, especially in the recruiting department, from picking up a, a practice facility. It's almost silly that BYU doesn't have one right now, it feels like. The way that BYU plays, the, the amount of NCAA tournaments BYU's been in, uh, they need one. And so I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. More on what Tom Homo said on that in a moment. Join our conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. That hashtag gives you a, a chance to weigh in 24-7 across BYU Sports Nation. Uh, last night, Gregor Bell tweeted the following. On at BYU Sports Nation last week, I was asked which BYU player would improve his stock most of the combine. Kind of glad I picked Danny Sorensen. Okay, well played, Greg. So then that's followed up by at Crazy Cook Fanatic, Pat Hammond. Greg, you probably can't take any credit. BYU Sports Nation karma strikes again. <laughs> hashtag a, Cosmic Powers, hashtag I believe. It affects <laughs> our media friends. It is real. That's funny. Which brings us to today's question, which is, where do you want to see Jimmer end up? Hashtag BYUSN. What team, or where, where do you want to see Jimmer end up? Use that hashtag so you can have your say wherever, whenever, at Coey Jupes tweeted at the BYU Sports Nation Oracle late last night and said, Where will Jimmer end up, O wise Oracle? I believe that the Oracle responded to him on Twitter and said, What is a Jimmer? A drink? <laughs> a dance? He needs to be informed, and then he reads the signs. Like he, like, he doesn't know a lot of what's going on, but then he reads the signs, and he can predict what's going on. we got to get that dude like back he, on the show. We, we, that's, we, yeah, we, we, got, we need to get that dude back on the show. He's, it's, it's he's, Jones, he's tweeting about it. He's jonesing for it. On the Twitter? At BYUSN underscore Oracle. 
You can yeah. follow him on Twitter. He has 27 <laughs> followers. <laughs> He's getting up there. BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. We had someone tweet at us this morning and say, hey, I have an Android phone. How do I listen? You can listen on the TuneIn app using your Android phone. Our show also on demand at BYURadio.org or listen to the rebroadcast weekdays, 7 Eastern, we will be simulcast on BYU TV from the West Coast Conference Tournament in Vegas beginning March 6th. A perfect segue to what's trending, so rise and shout. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Hashtag Jimmer Freed. Jimmer? Yeah! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look at it. 32 points in the first half for Jimmer Fredette. Our good friend Blaine Fowler and James Bates on the call back in 2011. We saw glimpses of that Jimmer when he took on Utah in 2011 in New York City just a few weeks ago. The Sacramento Kings were obviously shopping the sharpshooter, putting him on display, and he lit up the Knicks for 24 points, easily the best game of his NBA career. Well, they were in discussions with Denver about a possible trade. The Nuggets decided to go with Aaron Brooks, so that left Jimmer kind of just hanging out in Sacramento. They couldn't work out a trade. Here we are. We thought Jimmer was stuck in a Kings uniform through the rest of the NBA season. Well, they apparently have come close to a buyout agreement that would put Jimmer back on the market by Friday, assuming things get wrapped up today. 48 hours after whenever they finish yes. it. Then he would be put on, he'd clear the waiver. And he, is, he can choose where he wants to go. He can talk to any NBA team. So our question He'd be today picked is... picked up off waivers. Correct. And he, he, has, his, he has his pick. He, Jimmer Fredette leaving Sacramento is an enormous deal. People have been calling for this for how hashtag long? Hashtag free Jimmer. Two and a half years now? He's about to be hashtag freed Jimmer. I mean, that, the hashtag's going to change. Maybe by the end of the day. He's a scorer. He's a shooter. If J.J. Barea can play in the NBA, then the six foot two, 49% three-point percentage shooting Jimmer Fredette can survive and even maybe even thrive in the league. He's a guy that can create his own shot, which makes him that much more appealing than a guy like Kyle Korver, who is a pure shooter. Kyle Korver... Say, there's can, not a good, that's not a good comparison. I'm, I'm not, people are comparing him to Kyle Korver. I say, that's a terrible I say it's comparison not a good comparison because, because Korver, Korver can't create. Yes. Korver's has, a spot-up shooter. Yes. Jimmer is a point guard. He's too short to play the two in the NBA. Jimmer period. can create space. He creates his own shot. So ultimately, he's more appealing than a Kyle Korver. He's just as good a shooter, I think. Maybe not off the pick, but I still think he, when you look at three-point... Percentages, I think Jimmer's a great three-point shooter. Oh, yes. Obviously. 49%. If he qualified, he'd lead the league. There is, there he are doesn't have several enough made teams, threes. Several teams that can use a Jimmer Fredette in their playoff push. Which is our Twitter question today. Where do you want to see Jimmer end up? To me, I'm a Jazz fan. I hate the Lakers, but I want to see him in a Laker uniform. I really do. Because I think they'll be back in the next couple seasons, and he could maybe be a part of that. I think that he'd be a good he'd be a good player in that system. He doesn't have to play defense under that system. Not under Mike D'Antoni. He right. would thrive. He so, would thrive under Mike D'Antoni. And he'd be playing a lot of games on the West Coast. So uh, the BYU fans could enjoy that. I think that that'd be great. If he can't go to a playoff team, then ending up with the Knicks yes. or Lakers, I think would be a lot of fun. People's, a lot of people saying Knicks. A lot of people saying Memphis. That's Grizzlies. a playoff, a playoff caliber team on the they're bubble. They're on the fringe, yeah. They're, they're right there. Joe Lenardi has them on the NBA playoff bubble. Yes. They are in right now. So Memphis is, is a hot word. The Miami Heat are also uh, a name that's been thrown around out How there. How wild would that be? Jimmer shooting threes for Jimmer the Heat and LeBron. With LeBron. Wow. <laughs> That'd be great. Who knows if how much time... I mean, if he goes to a team, he needs. that means that they want him to play. You know where I want to see Jimmer Fredette? A place where he can be Jimmer. Where he can be happy. We're in the locker room a few weeks ago after the Jazz host the Kings talking to Jimmer, and he's, I mean, he's depressed. He, he's trying his he hardest depressed. to answer questions and be positive and optimistic, but he is not the Jimmer of old. The at Kings all. had just lost, so I'm sure he's not happy about that, but, but let's be honest, he had been, he's used to that. The Kings have been terrible the whole time he's been there. So it was a bigger thing of 
Jimmer, Jimmer's not happy in Sacramento, and it is crazy obvious, and everyone knows it, and finally they're going to break up. Hallelujah. And on his 25th birthday... And Frank Bartley and Michael Elisa yesterday, by the way. Yeah, what found a, that out what later. What a BYU birthday. Yeah. So Jimmer for Dad gets a huge birthday present. We'll call it his birthday week. It appears uh, in just a few short hours his contract buyout will be finalized, and he will be available to be shopped by other NBA teams. Great news. Topic two. Homo news and notes. We're, we're talking with Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, it was fortunate of us, fortunate for us to be able to get them on the schedule. But they do owe us games in Provo. And so we're, we're going to make that happen. That's going to happen. It's just a matter of when the best time is. Uh, the game might not be in the next year or two in, uh, in Provo, but we'll make it. They want to make good on their promise. We've had great access to the BYU Athletic Director this week with the schedule show on True Blue here on BYU Sports Nation yesterday as well. And then there was a media roundtable discussion uh, on the second floor of Legends Grill yesterday here on campus in Provo, Utah, where Tom meets with select members of the media, BYU beat writers, local news guys. And uh, I had the opportunity to go and just sit in where we just have a frank discussion about the state of the program and different hot topics. We'll start with Notre Dame. The Irish... There had been rumors that maybe BYU wouldn't get to play those games that had been contracted. Six games between 2012 and 2020, four at Notre Dame, two at BYU. But because of their ACC tie-in now, like a lot of people speculated, well, maybe BYU is one of those teams that's on the outside looking in now. Because Notre Dame canceled with Michigan, so why would they keep BYU? That was the thinking. Tom Holmo told us, told us on BYU Sports Nation, look, those games are going to happen. They owe us some games in Provo. It's just a matter of when... We can lock those down. It might not happen in the next few years, but they're going to happen. And he said they're going to be flexible. He said they have to be flexible, and they want to be flexible because they have a great relationship with Notre Dame, and they understand how difficult it is to get good games and big-name teams like that. Well, yeah, You're going to have to be flexible with a team like Notre Dame. I was just glad to hear that Tom showed no signs of saying, nope, we're, we're not going to play those games. He, he, he seemed very optimistic that, BYU will play those games, we just don't know when. He's really open, and he wouldn't say that, hey, we're going to play these games if BYU didn't think it was going to happen. He's not going to dance around. Notre Dame is coming to Provo between 2015 and 2020, at least once, if not twice. That will happen. That's a long time from now. 2020? And BYU expected to visit Notre Dame two more times as well before 2020. So we're expecting four games with Notre Dame in the next six seasons. 14 through 20 is seven. seven so seven not seasons. The, so 15 through 20, six seasons. Four right. of those six. So BYU will play uh, four, of, four of six there. Awesome. With Notre Dame. Two in South Bend, two in Provo. Tom Holmo says that's all signs point to that happening. They just don't have lockdown dates. The second hot topic Tom Holmo brought up was the honor code. This was really interesting to me. Uh, because this has been a, a hot topic in the past, as we've discussed situations like Brandon Davies and the Spencer Hadley. The hottest topic nationally and, with BYU. Yeah. It, if, it is the honor code. If something comes up, it is a wildfire. So here's the quote. As of January 1st, when we receive inquiries from the media about honor code issues, we no longer will address them from a campus perspective. There won't be a campus spokesperson that addresses any honor code issues anymore. Carrie Jenkins. No more love. There will be two exceptions to that. If there is something that is in public record, if you can go and find it on a website somewhere, or if one of our student-athletes chooses to come public, then we would comment. We won't discuss any honor code violations anymore. And then he kind of offered up a chuckle and said, so don't ask. And he looked all of us in the face when he said that. And everyone was like, okay, got it. We, we won't ask. That's a new change. It, it will obviously or more, like, more than likely come out as a, a team rules violation. Because we said, well, if it's not an honor code violation, what is it? He said, oh, it'll be, you know, breaking team rules. So you can, I guess, look into that how you want to in the future. But uh, he said that they're really happy to be where they are with that. Relieved almost. The third topic Tom Homo brought up was alternate uniforms. And I asked this at the very end of the roundtable discussion. I said, Tom, a number of people hit me up on Twitter after the scheduling show and said, how come you didn't ask about alternate uniforms? It has nothing to do with scheduling. That's probably why I didn't. But it is a hot topic across BYU Sports Station, so I asked. And he said, well, we're in some major discussions about that right now. And 
we will have alternate uniforms yeah. this upcoming season. He didn't say how many games. Countdown to Connecticut. 184. It won't be Connecticut. It'll no. be it'll be a home game that B, where BYU does this, I imagine. BYU did Royal Blue in the bowl game in 09, but then they uh, busted out the black uniforms in 2012, home game against Oregon State. They did Royal Blue in the 20, Utah game too, right? In 2013 20, 20, uh, yeah. against Utah, right? Well, they did Royal Blue the year Max Hall hit Andrew George. Right. Oh, 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 09 against Utah and against Oregon and State the in bowl the bowl game. game. Yep. Yes. So, so not sure if it's Royal Blue, Black, I don't know, but an alternate uniform, fantastic. We don't know how many games... Or if it's just one game, great. But that that is it. The last thing is the basketball practice facility. Tom said, quote, it's of critical importance for us to go forward in basketball. He continues, we're looking at things behind the scenes for kind of a quiet phase of fundraising, and things seem to be going well. There's no specific timetable. There has not been any final approval, but there's certainly approaching this like it needs to get done. It, it will happen. It's, it's just a matter happen. of when. I hope that it's soon because that's a big deal. During the summer, there are times when the Marriott Center is busy with stuff, where Tyler Haas has to go to the Richards building on campus and shoot. And if he doesn't have a wristband, there's some student who gets paid 10 bucks an hour that tells him that he needs to leave. Like, what is that? <laughs> He's the top five scorer in America, and you're telling him that he can't shoot in the Richards building? Like, uh, do you have BYU, a wristband? BYU needs... A practice facility ASAP. Can you please put your shirt back on? This, this happened during the summer. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is This nuts. can't happen. Homo uh, emphasized that it's for huge for recruiting and obviously for the next step of this basketball program. Topic three. Daniel Sorensen gets it done. They bring just three on second down. O'Korn down the sideline gets picked off by Sorensen. And Sorensen back inside the 25. We spoke to Danny just before he uh, participated in the East-West Shrine game in Florida back in January. And he told BYU Sports Nation what exactly he wanted to prove to NFL scouts at that time. I just want to be able to compete. I just want uh, them to know that I'm just as good as as any of the other safeties out there uh, going into this draft. And that, you know, um, I can play. I can play safety. I can play special teams. and, and, And... just reaffirm uh, to them uh, against this competition that you know of of what I've been able to do at BYU and, and show them uh, some of the things that that I'm capable of. Forget the East-West Shrine game; it was all about showing up at the NFL Combine. I went on a Twitter spree yesterday, just searched Danny's name, and all of a sudden. He's at the top of all of these NFL scouting combine experts list for putting up crazy numbers at NFL Draft Update. This is a guy named Dion Caputi. He has over 12,000 followers. BYU safety Daniel Sorensen with maybe the most comfortable display of soft hands I've seen from the entire defensive back group. Okay, it gets better. At NEPD Loico, a guy that's high in Boston with the Patriots, Daniel Sorensen posted the fourth best 60-yard shuttle time at 10.8. He continues, Daniel Sorensen also posted the best short shuttle going under four seconds at 3.95. That's a top 10 of anybody since 2006. Brian Caravo. Another scout combine expert. Whoa. BYU safety Daniel Sorensen turned in a three-cone drill of 6.47 seconds. Time to watch more on him. What the heck is a three-cone drill? So it, it tests your lateral agility, how, how uh, much you can sink your hips, change direction. It's really the drill that shows you what you might actually be doing the most, which is getting up to speed, turning, getting up to speed again. So the fact that Daniel Sorensen did that is awesome. The, the litmus test is you want to be... Uh, un- at around seven seconds or less. And so for Daniel to do 6.47 is significant. It's today's stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Heck yeah. 6.47. That's what Daniel Sorensen did in the three-cone drill. It's the fastest of any of the DBs in this year's NFL Combine. <laughs> it was also the fifth fastest of any player in the Combine since 2006. Any position. Boom goes the dynamite. That was awesome. He may have put himself into a draftable position. Time to get paid. Buzzwords from NFL scouts after that effort mainly included wow and crazy. Daniel Sorensen, well done, my friend. Uh, Putting yourself in serious contention to get drafted. 
Now we might have three different BYU players get drafted between Ethan Manu Malayuna showing up and surprising a lot of folks. Daniel Sorensen still on the show yesterday in the DB group. And then, of course, Kyle Van Noy. He's going to go. There might three, be three BYU three players would drafted. Be good because BYU's had none a couple of years recently. So three would be fantastic. Wow. Okay, we remind you our Twitter question. Where do you want to see Jimmer end up? Let's get to a couple. It's Twitter time. At David Roberts 20, wherever he gets a chance to play significant minutes, ideally on a playoff team. That's kind of along my lines. I, I, for me, I, I say playoff team because it would be fun to watch him in the playoffs, have, have him contribute in a big-time situation. But just I just want to see him play minutes. I just want to see him play. At Good Times Glow, ideally Heat or Spurs, probably Knicks or Memphis. I'm okay with all four of those. I just want him to get on a team and have success. Where exactly did it all go wrong for Jimmer and Sacramento? We'll ask James Ham of Cowbell Kingdom, a guy who spends his life writing about the Sacramento Kings. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio 2. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can follow my counterpart, Jerem Jordan, at Jerem Jordan, and myself at Spencer underscore Linton. Starting Thursday, March 6th from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, BYU Sports Nation will be simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV at the same time, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern. See what you've been hearing. Where do you want to see Jimmer Fredette end up after all is said and done? What do you want to see the all-time leading scorer in BYU history do with his professional basketball career? Use your uh, use the hashtag BYUSN and keep those responses coming on Twitter. At Adam Bangeter says, or at Joshua F. Jensen rather, says Chicago for selfish reasons. I take it he's a Bulls fan. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, as a Jazz fan, that'd be fun, but I don't see it happening. <laughs> Earlier we asked you what the number one seeds of breakfast cereals were, March Madness. Jerem said Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Cinnamon Life. We've had Reese's Puffs and Cocoa Krispies added by Adam Bangerter. All right. That's a, solid, that's, that's a solid bracket. That's an entire day's worth of a show in May. We're just breaking yes. out cereals. <laughs> no, we're not. You're right. That might happen. I'm just saying, that might happen. <laughs> James Ham is a major contributor of Cowbell Kingdom, part of the ESPN True Hoop Network, a Sacramento Kings expert. Quite frankly, a guy I've enjoyed following on Twitter. Every time I saw his name pop up, I thought, oh, here comes something from Jimmer Fredette. Um, and uh, you know, that his Jimmerness reigns supreme still in the BYU Sports Nation circle. James, great to have you on the show. Uh, we're for quite frankly, shocked to hear about details of the buyout. He was deactivated last night. What can you update us on today? You know, it looks like the the official press release is going to come out any minute, uh, probably around ten ten thirty, that Jimmer Fredette has officially been bought out, and uh, he will be in uh, basically an unrestricted free agent, allowed to sign anywhere that he wishes. Um, and I, I wish him all the best. My first question doesn't have anything to do with Jimmer, James. Uh, are you the best-dressed uh, blogger in the NBA? Because you have the sweater vest yes. on your Twitter profile. I'm like, that guy looks good. <laughs> uh, hey, that's not a sweater vest. That's a full length. You know, Full I, length? I, okay. I, yeah, I, I, I dress well. I mean, you dress for the job, <laughs> you, want, the job you have, right? I mean, that's, that's how you should dress. Uh, yeah, I, I may have a few cashmere sweaters in, in my closet. Wow. Are you wearing wow, okay. a sweater right now? Uh, no, I'm wearing an Orange Crush t-shirt. Yes! I've got, I've got kids. I've been up since, uh, I don't know, 7 o'clock this morning already getting kids out to school. There you go. James Ham, contributor to Cowbell Kingdom, part of the ESPN True Hoop Network on BYU Sports Nation right now. He's a guy who knows the ins and outs of Sacramento Kings and especially Jimmer Fredette over the past three seasons. James, quite simply, what, what went wrong for Jimmer in Sacramento? You know, it's such a complex question. Uh, you know, everything went wrong in Sacramento, I, I think, as a whole, not just with Jimmer Fredette. Um, you know, but if you look at Jimmer specifically, he, he comes to the, the most dysfunctional franchise probably in professional sports when he comes in, you know, walks in the door. Uh, you pair that with the lockout, you know, a 66-game shortened season, no preseason, no real training camp. Uh, you add to that that 
Paul Westfall, his head coach, has fired seven games into his rookie season, and Keith Smart takes over. This was a a train wreck from day one. I feel for Jimmer. Uh, I think when they drafted Jimmer, what they envisioned was Tyreek Evans, Jimmer Fredette as Mike Bibby and Doug Christie. I think hmm. that's what wow. That's that's what Jeff Petrie was trying to recreate. And realistically, it, it just never worked out. I mean, Isaiah Thomas came in a more NBA-ready point guard. And now, not, that's not to say that Jimmer isn't, you know, wasn't NBA-ready, but he wasn't ready to handle the point guard position at the NBA level. And he so quickly took the job and, and stole the minutes. And it's not that Isaiah Thomas did something wrong. He did everything right, at, you know, coming in as a 60th pick in the draft. And just, you know, turned all the heads. And, you know, Jimmer kind of got bumped down then. And then, you know, it just kept snowballing. I mean, three coaches in less than three seasons, um, an ownership group change, a complete front office change. And we knew this was coming. I mean, October 31st, the Kings decided not to pick up his fourth-year option. That told you that he would either be traded at the trade deadline um, or he would be a free agent at the end of the season and they would let him walk. There was no no question about it. The new regime decided to go with different players. And, uh, you know, I, I just I feel for Jimmer. It's been a, a really, really rough couple of years. Uh, it doesn't help that he comes in with so many expectations and not normal expectations. You know, I think you guys know specifically the pressure that's put on someone like Jimmer um, because you guys are BYU guys. You, you understand that it's more than just a first-round pick. Uh, you know, he had to be more, and that was a real struggle for him. So I don't know. I wish him the best. It's definitely uh, a sad day for a lot of Kings fans because they liked him. He's a good kid, and uh, you guys know that. And his wife is is awesome. Whitney's a great person to have around too. And this is uh, it's one of those days that you knew was coming, but when it does come, you're still a little bummed out. James Ham from Cowbell Kingdom. He covers the Sacramento Kings. He's on BYU Sports Nation. Do you feel like Jimmer was given a fair chance to show what skills he has in the NBA? Such a difficult question because I think people want him to be a point guard. Uh, even still, you know, you still hear people, you know, compare him to Steve Nash. They always can have a Steve Nash type career. Um, and the fact is that he's not a point guard. He's a combo guard. He's not Kyle Korver. He's not JJ Redick. Uh, he's not a catch and shoot player. He's a ball dominant player. So he's more like a Jamal Crawford. It's tough to find a home for those guys. And, and so whether he was given a fair shake in Sacramento or not, he, there was a position for him to take and he wasn't able to ever take it. And it, you know, call the circumstance what it is. I mean, there's all kinds of factors as far as players and coaches and everything else. But at the end of the day, you know, Isaiah Thomas, again, was the 60th pick in the draft and he made it work. He, he was able to steal a chance and to show what he could do. And Jimmer, when he was given the chance, especially early on, he didn't seize the moment, especially the way that Isaiah Thomas did. And so a fair shake, I mean, Thomas Robinson got, you know, 45 games in the Kings jersey and then hardly more than that in Houston before he's on to his third team. So I don't think the NBA isn't for fair shakes. The NBA is where you go and you prove yourself or you don't and, you know, you move on to the next challenge. James Ham. Cowbell Kingdom, part of the ESPN True Hoop Network on BYU Sports Nation. He knows all things Sacramento Kings. James, we went to the Utah Jazz Sacramento game uh, in Salt Lake City, talked to Jimmer after the game, and as soon as Jeremy and I left, we just we just said to each other, he, he just looks depressed. Like and he's a really he's a really happy guy, but you could you could sense that he just was was down. Not just because he lost the game, but there there was much more going on. How was his attitude in Sacramento through all of this fallout? Well, I would say that his attitude is always the same. He's he's a very, very positive, cheerful person. Um, but this wore on him. You know, he never became a distraction. And, I mean, whoever gets Jimmer is getting one of the best NBA citizens. Um, but what I really felt was the weight of the world, like, pushing him into the ground. And, it, you know, again, it's more than just being a basketball player for Jimmer. 
it's being so much more. And that's a really difficult thing to, to try to, I don't know, to, to put together. And what I liked about him as a college player is not what he brought to the NBA game. It's, it's, he, he was completely different at the NBA level. He, he wanted to fit in. And I think, you know, if you look back at, at sort of the, the fan promotional stuff that, that went wild, Jimmer Mania, and you got Jimmered, and all of these things that sort of built this image of Jimmer for debt, well, those weren't Jimmer created. Those were fan created. Those were this, this giant pedestal he was put on. Yeah, this organic movement. Yeah, the organic, well, the organic movement, when he went to the NBA, that followed him. And it's something that he it actually almost became like a cross for him to bear. Because now he's got all this other stuff, and he tried to fit in. And fitting in isn't what made him successful at BYU. What made him successful is that he averaged 28.9 points per game, you know, that he just let it fly from 35 feet. That's what made him successful. He had a swagger to his game that you saw on the court, but that swagger to his game and his personality off the court, are, they're a major contradiction. And that's where I see sort of the flaw in this whole thing. Jimmer never wanted to get to the NBA and Jimmer people. You know, he didn't want Jimmer mania at the NBA level. He wanted to fit in among superstars. And that was a dynamic that didn't work. And I hope that it works going forward. But if this guy could go hide out and come off the bench and score, you know, 10 points a game for somebody for the next, you know, five years, he would love to do that. But I could also see Jimmer, you know, doing this for another two years, walking away and, and him and Whitney going and hiding out in like the Swiss Alps and never wanting to be anywhere near this situation again. That's an understandable, wow. uh, you know, response given what he's gone through. And I mean, you've been very close to he and Whitney. And that's, it's, been, it's been tough for a lot of BYU Sports Nation to watch Jimmer go through this. And, and you have experienced that firsthand in the locker room. What, what ultimately do you want to see Jimmer do? I mean, you've talked about his, his options now. What do, what do you want to see him do, James? You know, I, a lot of people, there, there are two ways that you can go right now. Uh, his agents have the choice. They can either go chase a job for Jimmer where he could get 20 minutes a game, or they can stick him on a championship quality team, and they can give him, uh, you know, he may get a ring, he may come in and shoot some shots here and there, but, you know, it would be more of like the experience. If I'm Jimmer, and if I'm, in a, I'm, I'm sort of leading him on a path, I say go sign with the Oklahoma City Thunder. If the Miami Heat wants you, go to the Miami Heat. If the Indiana Pacers want you, go there. Go get yourself a ring, or at least chase a ring, because there's a possibility for a Jimmer moment. And you guys know the Jimmer moments where he hits one three and you hear the crowd murmur, and then he hits another three, and the, you know, the murmur becomes a roar, and then he hits another one, and then boom, next thing you know, the entire arena is shaking. And the same thing happened in Sacramento. It's not like that, that part of his life, that part of his game left. And I could see him having an incredible moment in an incredible game and, and being able to not just show what he can do, but also earn himself another contract with somebody for his ability to shoot the ball and, and to energize an arena and to change the momentum of a game. Because that's really what I think Jimmer can do at the pro level. He can change the momentum of a game like no other player. I've, I haven't seen it where a player hits a three-pointer and the fans just react so incredibly to him. And I would like to see that happen for him in a major playoff game. And, and then let him see what happens from there. Because I, I don't think him going to a bad NBA team right now and getting 20 minutes a game, you know, anything that he does is going to be viewed as just, just a player on a bad team, empty stats. And I, I would prefer to see him go succeed with a team and have a good time and maybe get the love of basketball back. James Jimmer Ham from Cowbell Kingdom is on BYU Sports Nation. Great stuff so far from uh, you, James. Great insight into his experience because BYU fans have kind of watched from a distance and they've followed you on Twitter and they followed the Kings game uh, games and they want Jimmer to succeed. How is this being uh, perceived in Sacramento that Jimmer is being bought out and won't be with the Kings? I think the Kings fans are, are bummed out, but they also, um, 
I, honestly, like not to be rude, I, I think Kings fans need a break from Jimmer fans. Hmm. Uh, and, and I know that that sounds really harsh. Sure. But but over the last couple of years, it, it becomes a burden to uh, you know, like our comment sections, we don't regulate them that well. Um, but you know, anything we write about Jimmer gets you know 100, 120 comments, and people just going at it. The Isaiah Thomas people versus the Jimmer for Dead people, oh. uh, and, and it's it's nonstop. It's it's a faucet that won't turn off. And he's kind of you know, Tebow many, light. You know, but he's not Tebow because Tebow wants it's, that. It's not that. Yeah, it's not that big. But I mean that he he is yeah. polarizing. He's in a polarizing that way. player, and he brings these BYU fans with him. Which BYU fans love him, and they're going to be with him no matter where he goes. But I, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and, and you know that's the the, the the distinction I would make is that he Tebow light. You could say that yes, but Tebow, you know, still like if he sees a camera, he runs to it and says, "I want another pro contract." Yeah, it's a you PR. Know, mo- he does a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, and Jimmer, that's not him. Jimmer doesn't want that. Jimmer just wants to fit in. He just wants to be one of the guys, but in a very, you know, pulled back way because he can't be one of the guys because that's not his morals. It's not his personality. I mean, when they're on the road, he may go out to dinner with some people, but then it's back to the room to go watch Netflix or something. It's not go out to the club, go have a drink. Right. You know, there is there is that dynamic that is different with him, um, but also it's just – that's not what he wants. He does, like Jimmer Mania is just not him. That's what I found at this level. It's like I, I've always just waited. You know, it's like uh, it's like watching Jerry Maguire, Rod Tidwell. It's just just dance for me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. get up off the ground and dance for me. And <laughs> we we never saw it. And 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 that's one of the the real bummers I think that in Sacramento is that we never saw Jimmer get to play like thirty five minutes, forty minutes, and go nuts and drop forty five or fifty on somebody. And I've watched him play enough to know that he can do that any given night because a lot like Steph Curry, it doesn't matter how far out you guard him, he can still drop it in the bucket. But he has some flaws, and you know he, he needs to go to the right situation, and he needs to be surrounded by, by very, very good players and veteran players who understand who he is and accept who he is, not, uh, not a young locker room that maybe is a little standoffish towards him and, and doesn't get him, and that's kind of what it was in Sacramento. James Hamm, major contributor for Cowbell Kingdom on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. James, it's been great to have you. I have to admit, the first time I heard Grant Napier, the Kings play-by-play TV guy, uh, scream out, Turn off the sprinkler system! Jimmer Fredette is on fire! I got really excited. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Do you have a favorite moment from Jimmer in a Kings uniform? <sighs> you know, uh, sadly enough, it's the Knicks game. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and that's so sad because, you know, we got to see two and a half years of Jimmer. Uh, but really, the moment that sticks out, um, I, there's another moment. Uh, the Knicks game, because the Kings had given up and had lost that game. And Jimmer came in, and not only in the, in the first half, but in the second half, he came in, and he single-handedly won that game. I mean, it went to overtime. I think Cousins fouled out. Uh, either way, it, he single-handedly won that game. My favorite Jimmer moment was, uh, it's not even actually Jimmer, um, on the, his first night in Sacramento, uh, his first preseason game, um, I was driving, I, I was walking out to my car, I got in my car, I see Jimmer's dad wandering through the parking lot in Sacramento, and the Kings have this vast parking lot because it's urban sprawl here, it's not you know, it's not ur- urban, you know, parking structures. Yeah. Yeah. So, so their parking lot is like seven acres. And, uh, and, and Al is lost. It's late at night, and I pulled up next to him in my truck, and uh, he hopped in, and I drove Al for that around the parking lot while we looked for, uh, <laughs> for Jimmer's car. And the, the best part was that when we got to Jimmer's car, it was like a Hyundai. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that just, it tells you everything about Jimmer. He's, they're just good people. And I, you know, that's why you wish the best for him. But, uh, you know, you get out, you let an NBA dad out of your car and he goes and gets in like a Honda Elantra or something. It's just, you know, it's not, it's nothing. You know, everyone else, you know, you walk through an NBA parking lot and, you know, there's Hummers and then there's, you know, like eight Mercedes. Bentleys. Yeah, it's like they all match, and it's just it, yeah. There, there's a Bentley in the Kings parking lot now, 
Uh, I don't know whose it is, but yeah, that's what it is. And Jimmer was was sporting the uh, the Hyundai Elantra, which again, it, that just tells you everything you need to know about him. Yeah. Well, great stuff, James. We appreciate your time. Great insight uh, on Jimmer Fredette. It's been fun to follow your coverage of Jimmer with the Kings, and uh, we appreciate your time. Hey, no problem. Anytime, guys, even though he's not here, you can always call. All right, we'll do that. We will do that. <laughs> I know you'll be watching him. Thanks, That's James. Right. All right, take care. All right, James Ham of Cowboy Kingdom on BYU Sports Nation. Great stuff. That was, I, I wrote down like 25 different things that James said. And this is a guy that has been living the NBA quote-unquote dream or lack of dream with Jimmer Fredette for the past two and a half years. He's, he took some angles that I had never considered, which was he didn't want, like, he would, Jimmer would never say this, but James Ham just told us that Jimmer didn't want Jimmer Mania Essentially, that like that part, he didn't. He never craved that. He never wanted that. He just wanted to fit into the NBA and not be kind of this this traveling circus of craziness with him, which will happen whether he likes it or not, because of what he did his senior year, just exploded. And when I compared him to Tebow, I know there are differences. What I mean by that is that he carries a crowd with him. Yes, there are he those does. that love him and adore him, and there are those that no matter hate, no matter what him. team he goes to, people will love Tebow. It's going to happen. Same for Jimmer. Yes, and some of that is religious affiliated, obviously, with with Tebow, and then with BYU fans, obviously, uh, BYU grads, some LDS uh, members that will always go to those games, the- and that's part of who he is. Things we just heard from James Ham. Drafted by the most dysfunctional franchise in sports. A train wreck from day one. We will discuss more on the Jimmer issue coming up on BYU Sports Nation. Where do you want to see Jimmer end up? Keep your tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Plus, not too long, we have our Cougar Whip Around and our Rise and Shout. Keep it here. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio 2 on the BYU radio side of BYU Broadcasting. Just wrapped up a really intriguing, insightful interview with James Hamm of Cowbell Kingdom, part of the ESPN True Hoop Network, a guy that has really been around Jimmer as he's gone through his NBA journey, a rocky two and a half years with the Kings. It looks like it's going to come to an official end in just under an hour when his contract is officially bought out. We'll get into more of that. But first, a reminder, you can see what you've been hearing starting on March 6th. That's right. We'll be at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. BYU Sports Nation will be simulcast. That means it continues on BYU Radio, and then you'll see us on BYU Television as well. Same time, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday from Las Vegas, starting next Thursday. Awesome. Cannot wait. Hashtag awesome. Fly out Wednesday afternoon, ready to go Thursday morning from Las Vegas. Okay, quotes from James Ham of Cowbell Kingdom on Jimmer. Again, we just had this interview. Incredible insight. And he said, it felt like the weight of the world was pushing Jimmer down. Yeah, the this is this is tough because of what he did his senior year created great expectations. And that's a good that's a good problem. That's a great problem to have that pressure that he built and leveraged into a top 10 pick. I mean, we talked to him in the locker room after the Jazz game and, and I, I when have you ever seen Jimmer like that? Never. He was he was still cordial and very polite, but he just looked Beaten down. I, I've known Jimmer since his freshman year, been to his house in New York, know his family. I had never seen him like that. And so for him to get bought out, I think, is a positive experience because he's excited about the chance to do something. And he didn't, like James Ham was honest. He said, I don't want to, uh, you know, be rude. And he talked about the, the Jimmer mania that came with it. But he said he didn't seize the opportunity. He didn't. And he started some games. I saw his first road game in the NBA at Portland, went to that game. Jimmer Mania was alive and well in that. And he started the game, and he did okay. And he showed flashes of brilliance. But he needs a different situation. He does. He compared Jimmer to a Jamal Crawford-type player, which is needs a, a, co- a combo guard who needs the ball to be explosive. So he said, I don't, I don't like the, call, the comparisons to Kyle Korver. He's not J.J. Redick. He's not Steve Nash. He's more of a Jamal Crawford. And Jamal Crawford is a very unique player in the NBA. He's... The problem he and Chris Paul, who are on the same team, might be the best and one ish players. Street ball, point guard. I'm going to have it. I'm going to score the ball some way, whether I shoot it or drive it. 
that's tough because you're a, you become a needy player. So Jimmer doesn't just show up and be like, "Yep, I'm Jamal Crawford esque, and I need the ball." Like it doesn't really work that way. He's got to come off the bench and prove himself. And uh, at best, I think Jimmer is a really good. Uh, role player on an NBA team. There's no shame in doing that. Jamal Crawford found a spot, though, in Atlanta where he thrived and then with the Clippers, another place where he could thrive. You put Jamal Crawford on the wrong team and it's a nightmare, which is what Jimmer Fredette was dealing with. Yeah, Jimmer Jimmer is more... He's be- I, I want to say that he's better than J.J. Barea, but he's more like that where, hey, you can be a, you can be a consistent player in the NBA. You can even start uh, in the NBA in the right situation. A train wreck from day one. That is a quote from James Ham, and he covers the Sacramento Kings. That's his team. That's his number one love. And he said they're the most dysfunctional franchise, not just in basketball, but in sports. Three coaches in less than three seasons. That included an ownership change. The guy that drafted Jimmer, Paul Westfall, the head coach, fired seven games into a season coming off of an NBA lockout where he didn't get summer workouts in. There was no summer ball, no official practices. That is crazy. And so it was just, it was a train wreck from the beginning. He, he put it beautifully, as, as hard as it was to watch. I mean, it just, he, it, it was bad from the get-go. Jimmer needs a new chance and a new opportunity to, to prove himself in the NBA. And I'm excited to see where that is, and hopefully soon. Where do you want to see him end up? Whoever gets Jimmer is getting one of the best NBA citizens. That also from James Ham. Keep your tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. We'll get into some of your responses next, plus your rise and shout and the Cougar Whip Around. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. 184 days away from Connecticut and the football season opener. It starts on August 29th. That officially announced on True Blue with Tom Olmo this week at BYU Broadcasting. Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan here. Time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Dude, you jumped me. Jordan Rogers also (laughs) jumped the competition by placing sixth and was the top Cougar at the Jones Invitational in Somis, California. Is that how you say that? Somis. Somis. The 30th ranked BYU golf team took fourth place as a team at the tournament. Baseball. After a rough start to the season, starting 1-8 and eight away from home, the BYU baseball team comes home, kind of. Tomorrow, the Cougars home opener against Seattle. The two teams play a three-game series in St. George. The Mariners? This weekend. They could play it here. It's warm enough in Pro, but they could play it here. They're not. Women's basketball. BYU's receiving votes in the latest Associated Press Top 25 polls. They continue to leverage BYU Sports Nation. Big game Saturday afternoon on BYU TV and BYU Radio with San Diego. Karma. It Karma's works. been great to the women's basketball team. I'm t- Jennifer Hampson, Kim, Kim Beeston. Nine awesome. three-pointers for Kim and a win over LMU. That's a, that's a career high. I mean that, and I heard there was somebody that tweeted and said she made two three pointers that were called off because of offensive fouls. fouls away from the ball. No way. <laughs> Should have had eleven threes. Oh my, that is bonkers, man. They're number twenty seven technically, if you're counting counting those votes, but uh, just outside no, the top twenty five. There's no such thing. So Stop they're, it. they're just outside the top twenty five. <laughs> Eric Galco. BYU's ranked 32nd. No, 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 no. BYU Tennis, number 71, That's dude. right. That's right. That's a real thing. And golf, number 30. Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting will join us tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we're talking all things NFL Combine. He wraps up all five of the Cougars and how they performed at the Combine. Wani Unga, I'm guessing he will not have a lot to say other than, yeah, he interviewed well. Um, but if, he, if, if that. If that. But... I'm, I'm guessing the things he says about Ethan Manu Malayuna and Daniel Sorensen will be very appealing to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, we had him on, Eric Galco of Optimum, Optimum Scouting, prior to the during Senior Bowl week. He was really good, knew a lot about the BYU Cougars, so excited to hear from him in Indianapolis. Okay, be, who, gets our, who gets our rise and shout? Is it, is it obvious? It's so obvious. Daniel, Daniel Sorensen. Absolutely. Cone drill, fastest, uh, three cone drill, fastest of any DB. Uh, at the Combine this year, and then fifth fastest of anybody, any player any ever. Any player, any position. Since 06. <laughs> any position. He beat out all the kickers, all the line. I'm just kidding. All the running backs, receivers, DBs, any fifth. Fifth since 2006. Nicely done, Daniel He's going to get paid. Before we get to some Twitter responses, I, I want to go to a tweet that uh, that is not really dealing with Jimmer, but 
something that Jimmer cares about, that certainly is BYU basketball. And this comes from Matt TJ Hold. What is the percent chance that BYU basketball will make the tournament according to the website that was cited on a previous show? Teamrankings.com. By Bracket the way, Matrix. here's how much was going on today. We haven't even mentioned bracketology until right now. That's how busy this day was. It's a perfect chance for me to get on the tourney train. (laughs) Is that you with the Rob Morris whistle from 98? No. It's the Spencer whistle from 2014 BYU basketball. So here are the numbers. TeamRankings.com gives a... uh, They compile data and give you a percent chance, okay, uh, for the NCAA tournament. 55% at large. Nice. 28% auto bid, so that's 83%. Baby. To make the tournament, if the if the season ended today, BYU's in. Yes, they turned it around can, at the right time. Can we time. find the clips so from awesome. the, the show the day after they lost to Pacific, so that we can we can remember how horrible that was, and now where that they felt are so bad. Oh. And now that BYU's turned it around, man, it feels good. But guess what? If BYU loses to San Diego, who cares? So, huge game at San Diego where Gonzaga lost last Saturday. Win to get in. Oh, by the way, Joey Brackets on ESPN, Joe Lenardi has BYU the sixth to last team in. That means five teams behind BYU are in. Fantastic. Cougs in a great position. Where bracket do you want to matrix. See? Yes. Third bracket to last matrix. team in still. Bracket matrix. Where do you want to see Jimmer end up? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tweet, tweet. Okay, speed round. Jimmer to the heat so that my co-worker, Jimmer's number one fan, will have to cheer for the team he hates most in the world. Yeah, that would be the case with a lot of people, I think. At TJ underscore Viking, somewhere that wants him more than a Band-Aid and will utilize him. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. needs a good fit. He really does. At TVRE underscore 27, heat would be nice. Fit in as a role player for some quick offense. Absolutely. Absolutely. At Toshlin 19, the jazz. Hashtag dare to dream. Not happening. No. At Matt Hume 22, he has no interest from Indiana, but I'd love to see him there. They need a three-point shooter. At Bridger Hill, jazz, but it's not going to happen. It would be nice to see Jimmer Fidette alongside the second-best scorer in the world at KD Trey 5. The second-best scorer in the world, <laughs> meaning Kevin Durant tweeted out the night Jimmer went off against San Diego State, best scorer in the world. Three years ago. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks to our guest today, James Hamm and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. The NBA about to free Jimmer. You have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. <laughs>